Well, welcome to Grace. We're glad you guys are here, and welcome to those of you that are live streaming. And before we actually look at the word for a message that I believe is for all of us, I think the Lord has a message for some of us. One of our elders uh, during worship time had, had a word, prophetic word, came and shared it with me, and, and my spirit really testifies that with that one, that word confirms it. And I just want to speak uh, something to who this word applies to. You know, this time of year actually is the number one time of the year when people are so, some people are so depressed that they actually take their own life. And, and the word that <clears throat> the Lord gave was that there are some that are here and, and even live streaming that are, have been so depressed this week that they're just, they're thinking, Lord, do I even matter to you? And I wanted to share something out of the Gospel of John real quick. Again, in Gospel of John, <clears throat> remember Jesus, he first... He's coming and he's calling his disciples. In John chapter 1, verse 35, again, the next day John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked upon Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. So Jesus is gathering his disciples. But there's an interesting story here. And that is that after he calls uh, in verse 40, he says, One of the two who followed, heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We've found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. Verse 43, The next day he purposed to go forth into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Philip. Andrew and Peter and Philip found Nathaniel. Nathaniel is the one I want you to think about for a moment. Nathaniel. So Philip goes to Nathaniel and says, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Nathaniel knew the Messiah would come out of Bethlehem. What Nathaniel didn't know is that, yes, he was born in Bethlehem, but he went to Egypt to avoid the slaughter of Herod, and then came back to Nazareth. So Nathaniel is trying to put this together in his theological understanding. Could any good thing come up out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. Verse 47, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no guile. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathaniel answered, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. See, Jesus really is speaking out of a prophetic word when he says, I saw you under the fig tree. Now, if you're just hearing all this, you're thinking, that's it? That was, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, that's like a two. As far as prophetic words go, you'd think. But if Nathaniel's sitting under that fig tree having a conversation with God, 
and saying, is Messiah ever going to come? I mean, the Romans are still dominating us. Are you ever going to answer? Do you even see me? And Jesus says, when you're under the fig tree, I saw you. Do you see how that might have hit him? Well, I just want to say this word to those of you that this is such a difficult time, a depressing time, and you're wondering, does God even care? I think the Lord, the word wants you to hear today is, yes, he sees you. Yes, he knows you. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he cares. And just hold on to him. Hold on and see what he will do if you would just hold on. Hold on. But also to those of you that are in that kind of state right now, I want to say, not only hold on to him, but reach out to someone of us. Don't be by yourself right now. Don't be alone. Let someone into your life. Tell somebody what you're going through in the body of Christ. And Father, you know exactly who it is that you're speaking to right now. Those that may be in this room, those live streamers, you know exactly who it is. And Lord, I just pray right now they would know, Lord, your nearness. You would just press in to them right now. I pray, Lord, you'd also intersect them with somebody, Lord, that can really speak life into them and love into them, strength into them. And I pray, Lord, that we would lose none from this family and none who's watching or tuning in right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray against every demonic scheme you have, the one who comes to kill, still and destroy right now. We cancel out every assignment in the name of Jesus. And we pronounce life and peace and hope joy and strength and a future in the name of Jesus to all those who hear right now. Lord, also we just pray you'd speak to all of us. Lord, as we close one year and come into another one, really what it is that you want to realign in our lives, that we might know you better and walk in the abundant life, Jesus, you promised. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tomorrow is New Year's Eve. So let me just ask you, how many of you plan to stay up until midnight tomorrow night to welcome in the New Year? Raise your hand. Go ahead and be honest. Okay. How many of you are going to settle for the ball dropping in New York and count it as Texas time? Go ahead and raise your hand. Okay. Now, some of us, some of us had just a fantastic 2018 and we're optimistic, and we're going to stay up to welcome in another fantastic year, 2019. And some of us, we're glad 2018 is passing. And we're going to stay up till midnight to make sure it goes away <laughs> and 2019 comes. Well, that really is the perfect lead into what I want to talk to you about today, because one thing that I have observed over the years is that most people, are basically unhappy. Most people. And that's why in 2019, there will be millions of dollars will be spent for psychologists, psychiatrists, and counseling in 2019. And most people in 2019 are not going to have a happy new, happy new year. They're not. That's the truth. 2019 will just be another year in which they'll spend, spend the majority of their time being unhappy.
Now, they won't be unhappy because they want to be. Nobody wants to be unhappy. So nobody's going to have an unhappy 2019 because they want one. And nobody's going to have an unhappy 2019 because they wish for one. In fact, that's one thing we did. Many of you did that this morning. We wish one another a happy new year. We're wishing that for people. So nobody's going to have an unhappy 2019 because they're wishing for one. But there will be many people who will have an unhappy 2019 because they are choosing one. Now you say, well, who would do that? What I mean by that is many people are going to be unhappy in 2019 because of the choices that they are going to make. They are going to make choices that are going to make them unhappy. Now, the most disturbing thing to me regarding all this is that many of the people that will be unhappy in 2019 will be professing Christians. Many of the people who claim to follow the one who promised abundant life will not have abundant life in 2019. Now, why is that? Well, the answer is because of the choices that they will make. Now, the truth of the matter is, is this. If we really do follow Jesus, if we really follow him, if we really follow the one who promises abundant life, and, and what I mean by follow him is make choices consistent with what he's said for us to do, then we'll have a happy new year. We'll have an abundant life new year. So how do we do it? Well, I want us to look at this morning is one of the most, probably the most well-known teaching of Jesus. What do you think that is, by the way? Some of you are saying Sermon on the Mount. I thought that's probably second. I think the most well-known teaching of Jesus is the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer. Do you know that if you pray that prayer on a daily basis and actually live out the truth of that prayer, pray it and live out the truth of it, That'll be key to living an abundant life in 2019 and key to having a happy new year. In fact, some years ago I did a study on this in which I noticed that the nine phrases in the Lord's Prayer actually overcome the top nine happiness killers I know of. I want us to walk through that. I want us to walk through the Lord's Prayer, something many of you know very well since you were kids. Many of you were taught this. Some of this, this might be new to you. But there are nine phrases there that the Lord gives us. And these nine phrases actually, will each one will overcome what I believe are the top nine happiness killers. So I want us to walk through it. First phrase, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Jesus says, this is how you pray. Pray, our Father who art in heaven. Now, the happiness killer that this overcomes is this. People are unhappy when they do not experience God as Father. Jesus teaches us that we can relate to God as Father. We can relate to him as our Father. Just let that sink in for a moment. He is your Father. By the way, Father is Christianity's distinctive title for God. 
Muslims have 99 names and titles for Allah, but not one of them, not one of the 99 is father. Now, the way that somebody becomes a child of God and the way that God becomes someone's father is when a person repents of their sins and turns to Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. At that moment, that person is adopted into the family of God and then from that point on can relate to God as their father. So that's where it all begins, by the way. If, if, if you're watching today, whether here in person or you know, through the Internet, a, life, a happy new year begins there. It begins with having a relationship with God as Father. And if you haven't made that decision yet, you say, but I want to have a happy new year. I want this abundant life. And that's where it starts. It starts by repenting of your sins Asking Jesus Christ to be your Savior and Lord so God can be your Father. And you say, well, how do I say yes? How do I say yes to repentance and faith? Well, what we see in the book of Acts is clearly the typical way to say yes to Jesus through repentance and faith is to be baptized. So that's the first step. The first step. So that's where it starts. But I want to say more about this whole idea of relating to God as Father and how that is key to living an abundant life. Now, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 6. He also goes on in the Sermon on the Mount to say, do, do not worry about your life, about food and clothing, about tomorrow. Why? His answer, the antidote to that anxiety is, he says, because your heavenly Father knows what you need. The antidote to not worrying about all these things is that you have a heavenly Father that this God who is the creator of all the galaxies just spoke and the galaxies were flung into space. It was that easy. That God who has that power and that control and that wisdom, that God, that awesome, awesome God is your father. And he knows you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought in your mind. He knows every meditation of your heart. He knows every worry, every anxiety. He knows every need. He knows everything. And Jesus is saying, don't be anxious because your heavenly father knows. He knows. You know, the most frequent prohibition in the Bible is fear not. And the most frequent promise in the Bible is, I will be with you always. So we have a heavenly father who has all power, who knows exactly what we need, and he promises to always be with us, to take care of us. And that's where it starts. I mean, do I, am I going to live 2019 knowing this? Am I going to have that confidence that I have a Heavenly Father who knows what I need and He's always with me? He never leaves me. When I was a little boy, I don't know how old I was, I just, I just remember I was about knee high because I kept seeing, because my dad, dad took the family at that time, there's three siblings within three years. It was me, my brother, and sister all together, and we're all you know, close in age. 
And he took us all, him and my mom took us to a parade, and it was a packed parade. I don't even remember what the parade was. I just know that in the midst of holding hands and walking along, I got separated. And I am scared. I am terrified. I'm a little boy, and all I'm seeing is a bunch of legs, and I'm lost in the crowd, and I am anxious, and I'm fearful. And right about that time, from up from behind me, my dad comes up, and he just scoops under my arm, scoops me up, and says, there you are, and puts me on his shoulders. What's interesting is I was still in the same parade that I was terrified by, but I'm not afraid anymore. Why? Because I'm with my father. And that changes everything, right? But see, we've got to believe that, that the God, Almighty Creator, ruler of all the events of history, is our Father, and He's always with us. So that's really where it starts. We've got to, when I first phrase, our Father, my Father. Let's just, just say that, my Father. Say it out loud. My Father. He's your Father, and He is with you always. He'll be with you through every day in 2019. Every day he's going to be with you. There's not one day he's going to leave you. Not one day. Every day he'll be with you. Every day he has the power to take care of you. Every day he knows what you need. Every day he loves you infinitely. Every day you have a father. Just kind of let your shoulders sag down. Take a deep breath. All right, I'm going to be okay. 2019. Father's going to be with me. Now, some of you have a trouble relating to God as Father because of how your earthly father was. It's very difficult for you to consider to think of God as your father because your earthly father was, maybe he was abusive, maybe he was absent, maybe he was authoritative, whatever, he, whatever it was, but it might be difficult for you to relate to God as Father. So when we come to the close of this message, we're going to have a ministry time in which I believe the Holy Spirit is going to change that for many of you that struggle with that. And I'll explain that at the end of the message. Okay, let's look at the next phrase that Jesus teaches us to pray, and that is, hallowed be thy name, your name. Hallowed be, hallowed be your name. The happiness this overcomes is people are unhappy when they do not worship God. See, we must first and foremost become worshipers of God in 2019. We've got to say, okay, whatever resolutions you may or may not you know, be, you know, have on your list, if, if, if worship's not, I'm going to be a worshiper, then you're going to really miss the key part of the abundant life. I want to put two passages together for you. Psalm 23, I'm sorry, Psalm 22, verse 3 says, and this I think is a King James Version, says, God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm 1611 says that in his presence is fullness of joy. So I want you to put those two together. God inhabits the praises of his people, and in his presence is fullness of joy. Put those two together. So in the midst of worship, if I am truly worshiping and connecting with him, I seek him with all my heart, I find him. So I truly connect with him. In his manifest presence, there is joy. There's joy. So those who are going to be worshipers, uh, first and foremost in 2019, will experience joy. 
You know, so many people are wondering why I'm so depressed, I'm so bummed out. And you say, when's the last time you spent any time with God? Oh, a long time ago. Oh, hello. You know, there's a connection there. He is, you know, Jesus just doesn't give life. Jesus is life. See, when we press into him, we, we, life's getting all over us in that intimacy. So I just encourage you this, um, in 2019 to have a practice where you really do spend time every morning. You know, if, if you work the day shift, it'd be different if you work a night shift or different shifts. But before you go to work, before you go to class and school, or before you start your day, to spend some time worshiping whatever style helps you connect with God. And there's different tastes and different styles, and I, I like it all. I tell people, you know, those of you who like just instrumental music, those that you like contemporary music, those of you who like traditional music, those who like to storm the gates of hell music, you know. I like it all. I just want to encourage whatever helps you come into the presence of God. I mean, use your device. Most of you have devices. If not, you can go old school and use a CD or whatever. But find some type of music and say, okay, these songs help me. And then and, and, and just spend time. Take a walk with him. Praise him. Get on your knees. Get quiet. Have some, you know, some quiet place that you, you close the door behind you of all, not just people watching you, but all the distractions. And you seek God. Just, you know, 20 minutes a day, just spend some time in worship. But also, I would encourage you as you're thinking about your new year to consider one of our live worship times in the Jihop, our Grace House of Prayer. And just come in there and say, you know, one, one day a week I'm going to come in there and I'm going to be part of a prayer meeting where I'm going to be with some other believers and we're going to seek God together and I'm going to connect with God. And also, those of you that are all part of life groups, and if you're not, I really encourage you to be one, is, is encourage your life group. Say, let's spend a couple, you know, part of our time when we first start just worshiping and just really connecting with God and worship. So being a worshiper is going to be a key to living a happy 2019 is worship. All right, next phrase. Jesus says, pray thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus is teaching us to pray for and to live for the will of God to be done on earth as it is already done in heaven. Now the happiness killer that that overcomes is this. People are unhappy when they live self-centered, self-centered lives. That's the truth. I don't care how much money anyone has. If they live for themselves, they're going to be unhappy. If they're a billionaire and they can, they can buy anything they want and go anywhere they want, eat anything they want, whatever, wear anything they want, drive anything they want, and they live for themselves, they're going to be unhappy. And so our focus needs to be the will of God, the kingdom of God. Our focus cannot be self. If your focus is self, you're going to be miserable. We have to be others-focused. We have to be kingdom-focused. In fact, I encourage you to think about a motto to live, whether if you're going to class or going to work. Here's a great motto, and that is, think about this. Walk into your workspace, whatever that looks like for you, or your classroom setting, whatever that looks like, and actually, or even your neighborhood, think about this question. What is God doing in this place? How might he want to use me to help? What is God doing? What is God doing in my, my workplace? Just think, walk in there and think, what is God doing here? And how can he use me to help? Just ask that question. Ask him that question. How can you use me to ask him? 
He'll answer that question. He'll show you. You know, when Jesus said this, he said, if we save our lives, we lose them. If we lose our lives, we save them. Now, he's talking about more than just the future experience. There, there is a truth to the future. If I, if I will die to myself now, I will live forever. There's, I lose my life, I save it eternally. But there is a truth to that every day. Every day, if I choose to lose my life, in other words, I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for the kingdom. Then what happens is I get life. I actually experience life. I experience life gets all over me. I'm living for the kingdom. But if I start to decide I'm just going to live for myself, it's all about me, I'm living for me, then I'm going to come up empty. I lose my life. If I try to save it, if it's all about me, I lose it. I lose true life. I end up empty. And so if your whole life's about you, you're going to be a pretty unhappy person. It's in giving away our lives and serving God's purposes that we find true happiness. And by the way, I just want to, I do want to just commend again our church family for all your giving over the Christmas time, all the different gift cards that came in, just came in that so many people were able to be blessed by because of your generosity. So there was a, I've heard, heard of stories of anonymous cash being given to different people that were needy in our church. The toys and the shoes that came in for Mexico and and, and, the, and the trip that's already already happened, and uh, and also what's coming up, our homeless ministry. Many of you that on Christmas Day were ministering with the homeless, and on and on and on. I just again, I commend our church for a church that lives kingdom, lives thinks and lives kingdom, lives not for themselves. So again, let's do that in 2019. Interesting. I met a uh, I met a lady one time, and she was asked what church I went to. I said I go to Grace Community Church. And she said, you know, every time I ever meet anybody from that church, they're the most kingdom-minded people I've ever met. She, was, she went to another church. She's a Christian, but she said that about Grace Community Church. I thought, yes! <laughs> that, I, she couldn't say anything to make me happier than hearing that. And so continue that. For many of you, that's just a continuation. For some of you, maybe this, it's a changing of your gears. You said, you know what? I'm not going to live so much myself in 2019. I'm going to change that. I'm going to get involved in ministries. I'm going to get involved in a small group. I'm going to care about other people. I'm going to learn to serve. I'm going to serve our children. I'm going to serve ESL, whatever. But think of ways that I can give my life away. And that's how you'll be happy. All right, the next phrase that Jesus teaches us to pray is, give us this day our daily bread. And the happiness killer that this overcomes, I believe, is that people are unhappy when they're anxious. People are unhappy when they're anxious. What Jesus wants us to learn to do is pray about our needs, like our daily bread, and then trust God to take care of us. Again, one of my favorite verses, I don't, I don't know how many thousands of times I've, I've gone through this in a prayer where God says, you know, if I cast all my cares upon him, he'll care for me. And I just over and over, okay, Lord, I've got these cares piling up. Here we go again. Here they are. I can't carry them. You can. I cast all my cares upon you because you care for me. So, you know, the opposite of trusting God to meet our needs and carry our cares is to be anxious about them and, and, and anxious about our, our needs, our future, our finances, our job. And so we fight anxiety with prayer and trusting God. And there's a little thing that I've done. I, I share with you how for many years, particularly growing up, I really struggled with an anxiety problem. And I want to tell you one of the practices, one of the very practical things that I began to do as a new Christian, that really helped me a lot. 
And it came out of this passage, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. If you haven't memorized this passage, it'd be a great one to memorize. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Listen to this. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And so the, the basically it's saying, don't worry about it, pray about it. And when you pray about it, the peace of God will come on you. So here's what I started doing. I thought, okay. So here's what I did. So I'd get out a piece of paper, and I'd draw a line down the middle, and I'd write on the one, one column, I'd write worry. And the other column was my prayer column, prayer. And so I was thinking, now what am I worried about? That's the first thing you've got to stop. Because sometimes we're anxious, and we don't even know what we're anxious about. So slow down your thinking and say, what is it I'm worried about? And then I write out what I'm worried about in my worry column. And then I'll go ahead and I'll write over my prayer column the same thing, but this time it's not a worry, it's a prayer request. And as soon as I pray about it, I cross it off my worry column because now it's part of my prayer column, and God, you now got it. And I, I just do this. I would do it, I, I mean, I would just be very careful to write it out. You're thinking, you really did that? You sit down and write it? That seems like so, you know, elementary. I'm like, yes, I did it, and it helped me. And some of you need to do something that elementary to help you. And just say, I'm going to write out what I'm worried about, and then I'm going to put it over my prayer column. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to cross it off my worry problem, my worry column. And get in the habit of doing that too. You can do it, real, do it in your mind. Okay, Lord, I'm worried about that. I'm going to pray about it. I'm not going to be anxious for anything, but pray about it with thanksgiving. And then I'm going to trust you for the peace now to come on me. Would you rather live 2019 in anxiety or in peace? Okay, in peace. So just really get in the habit of, of, of doing that simple little practice and change. I mean, you can change these, uh, you know, do what you can, of course, to change your negative circumstances. I mean, if there's some responsibility you need to take to change what you're anxious about, of course, do that. Don't just pray about it and don't even be responsible. That's not what we're talking about. But, but pray about situations and trust God with them. Anxiety is a happiness killer. So we're going to pray and trust God in 2019 and have a happy new year. Amen? Okay, next phrase. Jesus says, pray this, and forgive us our debts. Now, the happiness killer that this overcomes is people are unhappy when they live in unconfessed sins. People are unhappy when they live in secret sin, they've not repented from, and they've not confessed. You know, Jesus teaches us to pray this. Pray, forgive us of our trespasses. This is, this is a prayer he's teaching us to pray as we forgive those who trespass against us. So... It's real important that we don't let unconfessed sin pile up and just take hold in our lives. Here's what happened to King David. Here's what he writes in Psalm 32. Here's how he felt about his, his life when he was living in unconfessed sin. Psalm 32, verse 3. He said, when I kept silent about my sin, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. He's feeling the conviction of God. My vitality was drained away as with the fever heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said I confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Oh. You sense relief there, don't you? So keep a clean slate with God. Deal with sin right away. Turn away from it. Admit it to God. Confess it. 
ask for forgiveness. 1 John 1, 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, another practice, and I've done this so many times, is just I'll just sit down and say, search my heart, oh God, and show me anything in my heart that I need to confess. And I just have a pad of paper in front of me, and he'll just bring something to mind, I'll write it down. He'll bring something else to mind, I'll write it down. And then I write, I just, I do, I write 1 John 1, 9 right over top of it. And then I wad it up and I throw it in the trash can. You're saying, you really do these elementary things, Gary? Yes, I do. I do because I really, there's times I want to, I really want to make sure I take the time to really thoroughly, deliberately deal with some things. Because I want to live a happy new year. So again, let me encourage you to do that practice. And by the way, if, you have, if you're living in any secret sin in your life, it's just going to make you miserable. If there's some secret sin you're doing, you know, repent from it, confess it to God, and put it away, because all it's going to do is make your year miserable. And so I, and I do, I believe there's some here that are doing that, and I just, you do yourself a giant favor, just repent, get right with God, so you can live with a clear conscience and just, there is, there is a lightness to righteousness. Do you all know what I'm talking about? There's a lightness to living holiness. All right, let's look at the next phrase. Jesus teaches us to pray, and he says, as we forgive our debtors. In other words, Father, forgive us of our trespasses, we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, the happiness killer that this overcomes is people are unhappy when they hold the sins of others against them. So Jesus teaches us to forgive others as we have been forgiven by God. So when God forgives us, he no longer holds our, sin, our sins against us. And so we must forgive others and not hold their sins against them. When God forgives us, God doesn't hold a grudge. Aren't you glad God doesn't hold a grudge? And we're not supposed to hold a grudge. We're supposed to release people. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus teaches that uh, the person who doesn't forgive is handed over to the torturers. You remember that parable? Well, I really believe that that means that demons are, demons are allowed certain access in someone's life in a, when they're in, unfor, in that state of walking in unforgiveness. Demons are allowed to torment you. They're, they're tormentors. I think that lines up also with Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, where it talks about the person with unresolved anger leaves a place for the devil. You know, bitter people are miserable people. And it just makes no sense. I'm, I'm holding my grudge against you to make you miserable. And they don't even know it. And all it's doing is making me miserable, right? It's just insanity. So here's some practical steps. And here, again, I'm going to give you another real, I'm giving you practical steps. This is kind of just things that I do to try to do these things and really make them real in my life. And when, if there's someone who's hurt me, and, and, I, and, it, and it keeps kind of rising up my heart, and there's a, you know, I start to have you know, these negative feelings toward that person. I want to make sure that I can forgive them and let it go. And Jesus said two things that really helped me. He said, pray for those who persecute you and bless those who curse you. Pray for those who persecute you, bless those who curse you. And so when I began to do that with people that I wanted to hold a grudge against, I would just say, no, I forgive them, Lord, and pray for them. And don't pray, Lord, get them. You know, that's... That's the prayer that some of y'all are praying. Lord, I'm praying for him. Get him, Lord. But bless those who curse you. So I just started to pray blessing over that person. The more I pray blessing over that person, the more it's like these little pebbles are coming out of my stony heart. 
Every time I pray a blessing over that person, another pebble comes out of my stony heart until my heart isn't stony anymore toward him. And I can see him, and I'm, and I'm totally at ease loving him. And so, again, let me encourage you, if you want to have a happy new year, forgive others just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Release them. Don't hold sins against them. If it's difficult for you, pray for them or pray a blessing over them until that happens, until it's real. All right, next phrase that Jesus gives us to pray is, do not lead us into temptation. Now, the happiness killer that this overcomes is this. People are unhappy when they're driven by their lust. They're unhappy when they're driven by their lust. James 1.14 says this. Each one is tempted when he's carried away and enticed by his own lust. So we are to pray that we're not carried away and enticed by lust. Now, where does lust really get its power from? Lust gets its power primarily from unfulfilled lives trying to fill the emptiness. But lust loses its power when a person is fulfilled. There's not much emptiness driving a fulfilled person, so lust doesn't have very much power if they're already fulfilled. Does that make sense? So how does one become a fulfilled person? Well, we've already talked about a number of ways that we actually get nourishment. So I want you to imagine nourishment coming to you from several different ways. And if you get nourishment like God has designed you to get the nourishment, you will be a fulfilled person and you will not be easily enticed by lust. Some of the ways that we get this nourishment from, number one, is a vital relationship with God as Father. We already talked about that. Number two, in our worship, connecting with God. Three, by giving our lives away, living for the kingdom, not ourselves. But there's more. There's some other ways that God has given us in the Bible, and I just want to summarize them for you. This, this message is, in many ways, a summary of, of a lot of things, we, a lot of verses. But I want to give you some other ways that God has designed us to get nourishment so we will be fulfilled. I just want to mention some of the other ways. One is human relationships. Loneliness is the first not good thing in the Bible. We all need to make sure that we are connecting in life-giving relationships. I'm talking about relationships that are like inflow for you, not outflow. We all have relationships that are outflow. But you better make sure you got some relationships that are inflow. People you're around that you just like, you don't want the time to end. I mean, you love being with them. It builds you up. It refreshes you. We need those kinds of relationships. So I'd encourage you to make sure to spend time with your friends in 2019. Our tendency is, you know, we cut back on the inflow relationships so we can spend more time on the outflow. We'll keep doing that for a while and see how you feel. You know, you're going to start, that's how you get burned out, and that's how you have breakdown. And so we got to make sure we are getting inflow. You know, make sure you spend time with, you know, family and friends and, and, and really are having people you know, pour into your life. Another way that God designed for us to get nourishment is recreation. Do some things that you can just look forward to that are just, are, these are just fun for you. Now, I ask people that question a lot of times. You know, I ask people in ministry. I ask our missionaries. I ask other pastors. I say, what do you do for fun? And if they don't have a good answer for that question, I say, you need to have something that is recreation for you. You know, something you look forward to. And, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy once in a while playing basketball with these younger, less coordinated guys over here <laughs> at the gym. But I uh, thought I'd stick that one in there. <clears throat> Another thing that gives us nourishment is, is rest. 
The average person needs eight hours of sleep a night, and some of you guys aren't getting anywhere close to that. The, the sleep scientists from Chicago, they did all kinds of study, and they determined eight hours is how much the average person needs to feel good and rested. And if you're not taking care of yourself and resting yourself, you're making yourself vulnerable to lust, different kinds of lust. So at eight, you know, rest eight hours a night, but also the sabbatic pattern, the seven-day pattern of taking a day of rest every seven days. Don't violate that pattern. If you do, it'll be to your own detriment. And so make sure you're saying, you know, I don't, it's for some of you, it might be a different day than a Sunday or a Saturday, but have a day that is a day where you really do follow that sabbatic pattern and you get a day of rest. You don't work. You don't think about work. You don't even think about thinking about work. You rest, and it's a day holy unto the Lord. So make sure you do that. Also, eat healthy in 2019. Now, some of you are like, okay, I'm leaving now. That's it. Um, but, you know, really do. I mean, you know, splurge every once in a while. But eat healthy. Have a healthy diet. Take care of yourself. It make, makes a difference how you feel. Another thing is exercise, you know, three times a week. You know, the Apostle Paul did tell Timothy that bodily exercise is of little profit. He didn't say it's no profit. So I have a verse for this one. You know, but for some of you, it's like, you know, just take a 20-minute walk three times a day. And, you know, there's interesting. There's a psychiatrist in Dallas many years ago. He's a Jewish man that everyone was getting better when they went to see him. People wondered, what were you telling everybody? He says, I tell everybody two things. What? He says, I tell everybody for the next six weeks, six weeks I want you to get 10 hours of sleep a day. If you can't get it all at night, you've got to take a nap. And then I tell them to take, for the next six weeks, take a one-hour walk with God. I said, they, people said, that's it? He said, that's it. And that's how everybody's getting better. And so make sure you're getting, you know, good rest and, 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 take, and take that walk, too, you know, just in exercise. Okay, so and then another one is laughter. The Bible says that laughter is good medicine. Laugh. Make sure you laugh. Do things that make you laugh. We need it. You all need to laugh. I was in China one time, and I was walking down the street all by myself. I was going to a meeting, and there was a group. Of, they had, the whole people from this business had gone out into the street, and they were all in rows. And they were doing, like, exercise. Then they all started just doing this laughter exercise. It was so funny to watch. I'm walking by, and they're all, like, laughing. <laughs> I thought, this is crazy, but I was laughing as I was watching them. It was great. I felt better after that. Okay. By the way, uh, again, if we get nourishment from all the ways that God has designed for us to get nourishment, we'll be balanced, we'll be healthy, and we'll be, we won't be so susceptible to lust. See, one of the ways, understand how addictions work. One of the ways addictions work is this way. There is a deep down dissatisfaction in a person that makes them vulnerable, first of all. So then they, do, they, they then do something that makes them feel something, a good feel. Maybe it's it's eating a lot, maybe it's drinking too much, maybe it's drugs or gambling or something sexual, and it makes them feel something. So what do they do? They keep going back to that to feel it again. Until after a while, it begins to just dominate their life. That's an addiction. So live a balanced life so you can get the nourishment that God's really you know, designed you to get, and you won't be so vulnerable to lust in 2019. Okay, let's look at the next phrase. Number eight, Lord, teach us to pray, but deliver us from evil. Okay, the happiness killer that this overcomes is this. People are unhappy when they're under the bondage of the devil, okay? So, so we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray for deliverance from the powers of darkness. We're to pray for, for deliverance from the schemes of the devil. Now, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. 
John 8, 32, Jesus says, you know, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Shall make you free. And so I take it this, I take it this way then, that those who are under some type of demonic a bondage or oppression or stronghold of any kind, somewhere they're believing a lie. Somewhere that, that, that they've given access to a lie. If the truth will set me free, then I've got to be believing a lie somewhere to be in any bondage. You know, again, you don't just stand on a street corner, mind your own business, and all of a sudden get a demon one day. It's not how it works. I begin, you be, you're believing something not true for, for the enemy to have any hold on your life. That's why Jesus said, the enemy has nothing on me. There's no, there's no places to grab on Jesus. Why? Because he was the truth. He couldn't grab him. And so I take it that we need to make sure that we are believing the truth in our lives, reading and meditating on Scripture, 2019. Let's listen to Psalm 1. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and his leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. How about that for 2019? This is one happy guy right here, because he is meditating on the truth, and the powers of darkness just can't get a grip on him. There's no handles for the devil to grab onto. So let me encourage you again, spend time in the scriptures. Take verses with you. Take a passage that's ministering to you, write it on a three-by-five card, take it with you. Or use your device and keep pulling it up. But really get the Word of God. Roll it around in your, in your mind. Talk to God about those passages. All right, last one. The last thing that Jesus teaches us to pray is, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus is teaching us that we are to live for the glory of God. His is the glory, not us. We don't live for our own glory. We live for God's glory. Now, the happiness killer this overcomes is simply this. People are unhappy when they're driven by the approval of others. If I'm living for my own glory, then I'm going to be concerned about what other people think about me all the time. And that's a, that's a guaranteed way to be miserable in your life. Always worried about what other people think about you. But if I'm living for God's approval, then I can live with humility. And a life of humility really is a life... Of, of joy and peace. And so there's a lot of, there's some of you today, I, I know I'm speaking to, they're just, I just encourage you, humble yourself so you can get some rest. I mean, it's, it's, where's you out? Pride, where's you out? Humble yourself, get some rest. Live for the glory of God. And by the way, there's only one hero, Jesus. There's not really any other heroes. So don't try to be one. He's the only one. Let's just be his. So he came to give us abundant life. And the way we get abundant life is following him, doing things his way. And here's his you know, most well-known teaching, how to pray. And why don't we just break it down. So here's what it, I'm going to break it down for review right now. That means this. If I will pray this prayer and live out this prayer, number one, it means I'll have a daily relationship with God as my father. Number two, I'll be a worshiper. Hallowed be his name. Daily basis. I'll live not for myself but for the kingdom. Your kingdom come. I'll trust God with my needs and not be anxious. I'll not walk in unconfessed sin. I'll not hold anyone's sin against them. I'll live a balanced, fulfilled life, so I'll not be driven by lust. I'll meditate on the truth of God's word, 
So I'll be able to walk in liberty and blessing. And then uh, number nine, I'll be living for God's glory, not my own. And so I won't be driven by the approval of others. So again, don't, don't just wish for a happy new year or want a happy new year. Choose one. And choose one by doing these simple things. Now let's all stand for closing prayer because I want to come back to the first one. Because some of you, I think God really wants to do a healing work. And really, I think a work of impartation of his spirit. Because Romans 8.15 says, you have, you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. There is something that happens in us by the Spirit of God that we cry out, Abba, Father. And some of you that are struggling with, with this relating to God as Father, I'm just, I mean, we're going to ask God just to really just touch your life by His Spirit and change that today. So I'm going to pray for you. And those of you that that's where you're at, let me encourage you, don't let pride now keep you in your seat if you need this prayer. You know, let's just really come down and let us pray for you. And so God can really do this work, and you can really have a happy new year relating to God as your Father. So, Father, right now you know exactly who that is in this room. So, Lord, I just pray right now you just really give a sense of peace, that this is a safe place to be real before you. And we're all family, your family. And Father, we just pray that you would release people to receive prayer right now that you want to touch by your spirit in a deep way, in a deep way. So if that's you, just again, if that's you saying, I just, I, I do, I struggle with relating to God as my father because of maybe how your father was on earth. I just encourage you to slip out of your seat and come down and we're going to pray for you. There's nothing to be embarrassed by. Go ahead and come. There's several people coming right now. If that's you, come on. Come join them. Just come on down. Come on down. If that's you and you're staying in your seat, I'm, I'm, I'm just urging you. Don't do that. Don't waste this opportunity. Anybody else? Come on down. Okay, we're going we're to go into the song, and as we do, I'm going to invite many of you to come down and just lay hands on these. Just put a hand on your shoulder lightly and just pray for them as the Lord leads you to pray. So go ahead and begin to come and pray for them as this song is sung, and then I'll close in a moment.
Father, we ask in Jesus' name, would you pour out your Holy Spirit now and all these have come forward. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Just bring that spirit of adoption upon them where they cry, Abba, Father, deep in their spirit. It's not just information that they're believing in their head, but now it's deep in their spirit. Abba, Father. Lord, let that, let that now rise up in them, in their spirit. Rise up in them. Abba, Father. Daddy, Papa, Father. Rise up in Jesus' name. Let's sing that same chorus again over. There are also fathers here that just are saying, Lord, I, I didn't do right, Lord. And just, there's just, just, just tell the Lord that. Just say, Lord, I, just, I failed as a father. Just, just tell him, or I didn't do it all right, Lord. Just ask, ask for forgiveness now. Lord, would you cleanse that sin? Would you also bring healing where that sin has done damage? And in Jesus' name, bring healing wherever that's done damage. Where any of us fathers, Lord, have done damage to our children, Lord, would you bring healing? Bring healing in Jesus' name. Where any mothers here have done damage to our children, would you bring healing, Lord? In Jesus' name, Lord, we just pray you take that weapon the enemy's had for years. Now, just, just take it away from now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. And we just now, we pray this week that we just find ourselves remembering the simple prayer that we've all, many of us have already memorized, but living it out. And living it out not just tomorrow and the next day, but all in 2019. And really living this abundant life and having a happy new year. Pray in Jesus' name. 
Amen. I'd encourage a lot of you fathers, to those you prayed for, to just give them a fatherly hug here before they go. Some of you mothers, give them a hug. God bless you guys. You're dismissed. If this is your first time here, we have Connection Coffee in the corner. We also have our Welcome Center down here. I'd love to meet you down here in front. God bless you. Happy New Year.